Hi, this is Corey Turner, and along with my wife Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. Isaac, the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah, the father of Perez, and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez, the father of Hezron, and Hezron, the father of Ram, and Ram, the father of Aminadab, and Aminadab, the father of Nashon, and Nashon, the father of Salmon, and Salmon, the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David the king. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. And Solomon, the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam, the father of Abijah, and Abijah, the father of Asaph, and Asaph, the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat, the father of Joram, and Joram, the father of Uzziah, and Uzziah, the father of Jotham, and Jotham, the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh, the father of Amos, and Amos, the father of Josiah. And Josiah, the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Sheatiel, and Sheatiel, the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel, the father of Abiud, and Abiud, the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim, the father of Azor, and Azor, the father of Zadok, and Zadok, the father of Akim, and Akim, the father of Eliud, and Eliud, the father of Eleazar, and Eleazar, the father of Matan, and Matan, the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations. And from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations. And from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. That time that I've just been reading about from the beginning spans 2,000 years before Jesus Christ. That's the history of the people of God, Israel. 2,000 years. But here comes a climax for the people of God, the Israelites, for all the people of the earth. A time when God's promises to his people the promises were fulfilled. The birth of Jesus Christ. Verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, 
Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son. He didn't have sex with her. That's what that means. And he called his name. He called his name. He called his name. He called his name. He called his name name Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. I love the word. Thank you so much. You know, Christmas is a special time. It's an exciting time. It's a time of celebration. It's a time of lots of eating, partying, celebrating, work, gatherings, giving, receiving. Such an exciting time. Fill the stockings. But it can also be such an exhausting time where we try to run around, make things happen, do the shopping, do the cooking. For some, it's easier. For some, it can be so hard. I find the older I'm getting, it's like the more responsibility comes with Christmas. You've got kids, you go to gatherings, you've got to bring this, you've got to bring that. Had to make a turkey for the first time a few weeks ago. I had no idea what we're doing. <laughs> but we've been getting away for years because we were the younger cousins. But now it's like, hey, you guys bring some food too. So it can be such a busy time. So much that we can miss what it's actually all about. So much has been happening for us this year. So much has been going on. So much that we only just put our Christmas tree up this week. My wife loves Christmas. She wants to get the Christmas tree up right at the start of December, get the carols going. But we've had to move house. We got to move house finally. You know, moving schools. It's all been happening. So it can be such a stressful time and so easy to miss what it's actually all about. But I have a question for you today. And the question is, why even celebrate? Why even celebrate? Why even celebrate? What's been happening for you in this lead up to Christmas? Why even celebrate when there's so much to do? I want to tell you today that We are to not let the opportunity pass us by. Do not let the opportunity pass you by. You know, for many years over December, I start December, I'm like, man, I want to get into a Bible reading plan all about Christmas. There's this Bible reading plans called Advent plans. And Advent is all about the arrival, all about the coming of Jesus, all about the story of the lead up of the coming of Jesus. And I've just found I get to Christmas 
and I haven't even thought about what Christmas is about. So I've thought, I want to do a Bible reading plan. I get that thought every year for it. Just in December, little by little, Christmas comes. Before you know it, I've eaten, I've received some gifts, I've seen people. Christmas is done. I've always got these intentions to put up something on social media because there's so much noise on social media on Christmas Day. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. It all looks good, but a lot of it won't even have anything to do with Jesus. I'm like, I want to get a good post out there. But before I know it, I've just been so busy, I haven't even had a time to do the thing that I wanted to do. And Advent is all about us just pausing, reflecting, on the wonder, on the majesty, on the power of what Christmas is all about. Just taking time to pause and reflect. Advent is in the church calendar worldwide, and it's a four-week period, and it's all about just pausing and reflecting, actually thinking, what is Christmas all about? And you don't have to do it for four weeks, but there's an opportunity that can pass us by. Conversations that you can have with people over this time at work parties, conversations you can have on the table at Christmas with people, just asking them questions. Hey, how's your Christmas been? Or why do you celebrate Christmas? What do you do for Christmas and why? How do you do it? We can easily miss those opportunities. So many people are open to the gospel at this time. So why even celebrate when there's so much to do? Let's not miss the opportunity. Let's not let it pass us by. Margaret Thatcher herself, Prime Minister, back in the days of England, said this. Christmas is such a busy time, it can be easy to get distracted by all that we have to do and want to do. Gifts of time and love are surely the basic ingredients of a truly merry Christmas. And we can think, oh, Christmas is just one day in the year. Like, shouldn't every, every day be like Christmas? It's all about Jesus. We, we should just reflect on it all the time. But how often throughout the year do we actually reflect on the birth of Jesus Christ, on the power, on the promises fulfilled? It's such a blessing that we get this opportunity of Christmas to reflect on that. God's promise is fulfilled. So why even celebrate when there's so much to do? Why even celebrate when not everyone else is celebrating? You know, people celebrate so many things, birthdays, anniversaries, achievements, end of year, Halloween. Halloween just is on the increase. It's crazy. But Halloween doesn't glorify God, does it? But there's so much focus on Halloween. Everyone observes their different holidays, different religions. There's so much that is celebrated. So why even celebrate when not everyone else is celebrating Christmas for what it is? We celebrate Christmas because Christmas is for everyone. It's actually for everyone, for all people. The virgin birth was for everyone's good. 
It was for everyone. It was for all humanity. It was a new beginning. At the time of Jesus' birth, the angels appeared to the shepherds. An angel appears to the shepherds. Most of us know the story. Check it out in Luke chapter 2. But the angel says this to the shepherds. Luke 2 verse 10. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. Good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Christmas is for everyone, but not everyone celebrates Christmas. And a lot of them, a lot of us, a lot of everyone, a lot of the people that actually do celebrate it, don't really celebrate it for Jesus. I was reading up on some of these things and back in the 1600s, a member, of, a member of parliament in England called Oliver Cromwell. He was a Puritan. So they were so extreme about the things of God and they were seeing that people were not really celebrating Christmas for what it is because Christmas was being all about being, it's a time of leisure. It's just about what we want, just partying and things. And, the, and what Oliver Cromwell did was ban Christmas. They actually banned it and said, no one celebrating Christmas, you'll get arrested, you'll get fined, but Sunday is a holy day. Sunday is a holy day. We want you to be solemn and think about how much your sinners and what Jesus Christ has done. People are not celebrating Christmas for what it is, so everything's going to be open on Christmas Day, but Sunday is the holy day. And that went on for a few years up to the point that people rioted and Christmas came back. You can't stop Christmas. You can't cancel Christmas. Even COVID couldn't cancel Christmas. Like there is just something in Christmas, and it's something that is for everyone. There is power in Christmas. There is power because it points people to Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. Verse 21 in Matthew says, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He will save people from their sins. Jesus means the Lord saves. Why celebrate? Why even celebrate when not everyone else is celebrating? It's such a personal thing for all of us. It's such a person, it can be a personal thing for everyone because we've actually been forgiven. There's forgiveness. That's why we celebrate. It doesn't matter what everyone else is doing or how they're celebrating. We have been forgiven. Through the birth of Jesus Christ, there's power over sin, there is power over death, and this is what we celebrate. It's so easy to think, oh, but not everyone else is celebrating. And we can kind of get distracted. But when you look in Matthew chapter 1, you see Joseph. Joseph is engaged. He's betrothed to Mary. Betrothal was actually an engagement, but it was legally binding. The only way you could separate from that or get out of it was through divorce or through death. But his girl was pregnant. It wasn't his baby. 
His baby, what's it? Everyone's thinking, oh, yeah, Holy Spirit, okay. Yeah, she's been, she's been up to something. That Mary, Joseph is freaking out. Imagine being like Joseph. He's thinking, how can I get out of this thing quietly? He was such a compassionate and a righteous man. He did not want to embarrass Mary. So he's trying to think, how do I do this quietly? Because everyone's talking. He could have given into the pressure of what everyone else is saying. We can give into the pressure of how everyone else is doing Christmas. But the angel speaks to Joseph in the dream and tells him this baby is from the Holy Spirit. And we're told in verse 25 in Matthew that Joseph did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took his wife. So we don't have to celebrate or not celebrate or how we celebrate based on what everyone else is doing. We do it based on what God has instituted, what God has commanded, what God has done, what God has said. This is why we celebrate, because we have been forgiven. What have you been forgiven of? Everything. Past present, future. So much to celebrate. We have been saved from the power of sin. We all sin. We all need a saviour for all sin and fall short of the glory of God. But God made a way. You know, when God sent his son, Jesus Christ, He had you in mind. He had you in his heart. He had me in his heart. All of us. This is why we celebrate. He was so intentional. He was thinking of us. He was thinking of how much distance there is between people and God because of sin. And we read through that genealogy. We hear the story of God's people. God made a promise to Abraham that he would bless him, that he would make his name great, that he would make his descendants into a nation. He would bless them and that there would be a blessing to the whole earth. And then you know the story throughout the Bible. There's so much sin, so much disobedience. Throughout all those names we're reading out, says this person was the father of this, the father of that. There was all these natural births taking place. And through birth, there was potential of restoration. God's always had the goal, the intention, the plan of redemption to restore his people back to himself. And through natural birth, there was a new start. Someone would be born. But no one could do it. No one could fulfill the law. To the point that the Israelites said, we want a king. We want a king. God didn't want to give them the king because he is and was the king and still is a king. But he actually gave them David. David, after Saul, starts to rule. Because even David messes up. But God still works through all those people. Through that genealogy, there's women like... Tamar and Rahab who prostituted themselves but they're all part of the line of Jesus because Jesus uses men and women, ordinary, evil, all alike. We work through that history and God made a promise to David. It's called the Davidic Covenant. 
And in that covenant, he says that I'm going to give you a ruler in your line, in your, an heir who will be a king that will save all people, all nations. And people hung on to those promises for hundreds of years since the time of David. And we go through that genealogy. It was like 46 people's names are read out. And that's just a summary. There have been so many more people that were missed out. But when the Jews that Matthew was writing to hear that genealogy and they hear about the birth of Jesus Christ, it is great news that Jesus was born. Promises fulfilled. Promise to Abraham. Promise to David. And we are part of that promise. Because God said, I'll make you a great nation that will bless all nations. So we're all blessed because of that promise. We've all been adopted into the family of God through Jesus Christ. Genesis 12, 2-3 says, And I'll make you a great nation, and I'll bless you and make your name great. So that you will be a blessing and I'll bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So why even celebrate when not everyone else is celebrating? We celebrate because we have been forgiven. Why celebrate when there's so much to do? We do not want to let the opportunity pass us by. What conversations can you have with people this Christmas? Why even celebrate when 2022 has been such a tough year? I don't know what your year has been like. I don't know what Christmas usually looks like for you. But for some, Christmas might look different this year. Maybe there's been loss in your family. Maybe there's been relationship breakdowns. Maybe there's been financial hardship throughout the year. Maybe there's been death, sickness. But it's so hard sometimes when it comes to reflective times like Christmas where everyone's going to their families, when you're having to face your in-laws or your siblings, just people you maybe don't want to face. It can be such a tough time. Or maybe you've had a hard year. But why celebrate? I was talking to someone in our congregation and they're in hospital at the moment and they want to get out. They want to be home for Christmas. It was only during the week they ended up in hospital. They didn't see that coming. But they said, we've had such a tough year with sickness in the family. We've had a tough year with this, with that. And now here we are. And they said, I think this is our COVID because they didn't have a tough time during the pandemic in the last couple of years. I don't know what year you've had, but why even celebrate? You might be saying, Pastor Steve, you don't know what I've been through this year. Why do I need to celebrate Christmas and take a pause? I've just had enough. Now, even this week, in the media, there's a guy from the States, 38, has a beautiful family, famous dancer, joy of the Lord on him. But all of a sudden, we hear the guy's committed suicide. It's like, what is going on? We don't know what people are going through. And we don't know what people are thinking. 
But why even celebrate when you've had such a tough year? I want to tell you today, we celebrate because God is with us. That's why we celebrate, because God is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. John 1.14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of only the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is why we celebrate. God came down to earth. God incarnate, embodied in human form. Fully man, fully God, Jesus came down. He lived on this earth. He experienced all that we experience, but he conquered it because he was God and is God. He made a way for us. He fulfilled what the prophets had spoken of. And then he died on the cross for our sins, you and I, so that we could have that relationship with God, God with us. But Jesus said, whilst he was on the earth, it is no advantage to you for me to stay here on earth. I need to go and be with the Father, and I will send you the helper, the Holy Spirit, the counselor. The comforter, God with us. He rose from the dead, conquered death. And now we have relationship with Jesus through what he did on the cross, through the Holy Spirit. We have God in us. That's why we celebrate. doesn't matter what your years look like. Yes, it's been tough. But every day his presence is available. The Holy Spirit is with you, strengthens you speaking to you. We have the word of God expressed in written form. God's spoken word expressed in written form at our disposal. All that we need is found in Jesus. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel. God with us. You know, for me this year, Christmas will look different. Oh, man. Ha! Let's move on. All right, we'll just get through it. I'll be like walking around here ready to speak, and then I just think about something that I was going to talk about, and the tears just get ready to come. So bear with me. I'm all good. But my mum is 59. She's got Alzheimer's at 59. It's crazy. Oh, thanks, Elaine, for the tissues. But what's hard is since we've had our kids, mum and dad live in Zimbabwe, so they've been coming every year. But now I can't even have a conversation with my mum. Man, we're celebrating Christmas, dude. Let's go. Me talking to myself. What I'm trying to say is Christmas can be tough even without thinking about it. So they were supposed to come back for Christmas. They're supposed to be here now. But my mum needs so much care. It's not crazy care, but we just come to the point where she needs to have a carer with her all the time. 
who's not my dad. They were here start of the year, shared a story with you earlier in the year how we lost my mum for five hours because she just went running after someone and my dad couldn't keep up. And it was so scary, but we've come to this point because of this Alzheimer's, she can't communicate. She still has joy and all that, but it's just not healthy for her to be flying. So a few weeks ago, I went through some of the toughest emotion and anxiety I've ever been through. Just trying to come to the decision of saying she can't travel. This is becoming a pattern, isn't it? Um, oh, welcome, new people. This is New South. <laughs> <laughs> but just getting to that place where I had to ring my siblings, have a chat. What do we do about this? Because Zimbabwe is far. So now we've got to go there more, which is cool. But it means they can't be here for Christmas. So that's been hard. But how did I get through it? The Holy Spirit. God with us. That's what Jesus does. Jesus didn't say, hey, life's going to be easy. He said, trials and tribulations will come. But behold, I have overcome. Everything that God asks us to do. What he commands, what he demands, he actually supplies. So we can go through all these disappointments, tough times. But we know this earth is temporary. It's so temporary. We've only got a finite amount of time. But as we're walking with Jesus, as we have the Holy Spirit in us, he guides us. He walks us through this. So we had to make that decision, talk to my dad. That was tough. But it means Christmas is going to look different. My mom's never going to be here for Christmas. We'll have to go over there. So that's, for me, that's been tough. It went on over like a two-week period, but that was hard. So why even celebrate when you've had a a tough year or you're in a tough spot celebrate because God is with us he is Emmanuel why even celebrate when there's so much to do when not everyone else is celebrating the way we should or they should or when the year has been tough you've been through so many hard things why even celebrate when you just don't feel that close to God? You know all these things, but you're not feeling close to God? Why even celebrate? Are you just being fake? We celebrate because we can draw near to God. The Bible says in James 4 verse 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. That sounds so confronting. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Is he talking to you? <laughs> Is he talking to me? He's talking to all of us. 
But like I said, what God commands, what God demands, he supplies. He's given us Jesus, Savior. We all need a Savior. He says, draw near to God. God never moves. Yeah, the Spirit moves. What, the move I'm talking about, God does not move. How much he loves you, how much he sees you, his plan for you. He stays there with you. He's right there. And here we are. There we go. He has a move. He's calling. He's waiting. But all we have to do is draw near to him. And as we draw near, he draws near. But I don't think he's like drawing near as in he's coming this way. He does, but he actually just pulls us. That's how he draws. He pulls us in close to him where, he, where we were supposed to be. So all we have to do is take a step towards him. If you're feeling like, man, I'm far. Maybe last night I messed up. Maybe last week I messed up. It says Jesus came to save us from our sin. He's already given us the solution. So if you're feeling far from God today, all you have to do is draw close to him, draw near to him. All we need is found in Jesus. He's the way, he's the truth, and he is the life. His presence is available. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. You know, adoration brings us closer to Jesus, closer to God. Just focusing on him brings us closer to him. Let us set our minds on Jesus, our Savior. Center yourself around who Jesus is, your emotions, your thoughts, your actions. Center those things on who Jesus is. If we can just close our eyes in this moment. I don't know where you're at today, what you're expecting from the service today. But our God, he is so faithful and he is here right now. What will Christmas look like for you this year? Will you let the opportunity pass you by? Will you make room to center yourself around the Savior? Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died, and rose again, conquering sin, Satan, and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, 
We would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.